Can the offense get right in what obviously for now is the biggest test of the 21 season? Is this defense ready for Lamar Jackson and company? And some listener questions and maybe some Thanksgiving talk on your latest Locked On Browns. You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, Locked On Browns, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore under, uh, underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show itself, at Locked On Browns, follow back account. We appreciate everybody who makes Locked On Browns your first listen every day, whatever podcast platform you use. Make sure you're subscribed and following the show. Five-star ratings, written reviews, we're there every day, and we'll always be free. Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith in the house. Uh, we're going to get you know, a little bit deeper here and certainly starting to, let's not dwell on Sunday, maybe start talking about what can improve as you head into Sunday night down in Baltimore. Uh, certainly a huge, huge test, a huge, huge win to hopefully be had for your Cleveland Browns against the Baltimore Ravens. Get that bye week that this team desperately needs and then suit up again for the Baltimore Ravens, obviously two weeks after that at home in first energy. Uh, Pete, you know, and look, the quarterback is always going to take the heat and it comes with the territory. Everybody absolutely knows it. Um, But if you're not, if you're going passing game in general, and look, the all, all offensive line, as we mentioned last night and spoke last night with John Costco, the offensive line, you know, other than Blake Hans, did their job. But it just didn't get done as a whole. Yes, the finger's always going to be pointed at the quarterback. But this being said, none of this is about Sunday. It's about going forward. They probably, Pete, did the right thing in holding out Donovan Peoples-Jones. Wet track, groin injury, you know, recipe for disaster. And obviously the Ravens is a heck of a lot more important than the Lions, even though you needed – the win you hope Donovan is back this week. Maybe that kind of evens out the pecking order here a little bit at the wider wide receiver position. Jarvis Landry, Rashard Higgins. Jarvis is good in his role. Rashard Higgins is kind of good when he's the guy that nobody's kind of thinking about defending. But these guys look, they don't create a ton of separation. And you know, as inconsistent as Baker is right now, that's certainly not aiding in any way. Well, the the biggest thing that the Browns got is as as unpleasant as much of Sunday was is they got a ton of good news on Monday. Um, they are talking about practicing Kareem Hunt as well as Jack Conklin, and they seem at least hopeful that those two can play. And if they can, that changes everything on your offense. Um, Blake Hans, it's just not enough. Um, and, and the, you know, I, I, I can't speak to how healthy Conklin would be coming off a dislocated elbow, but at least he could move his feet. And that would be critical if they Browns have the ability to avoid having to roll left because Blake Hans is getting, uh, beat and that's where the pressure is pushing Mayfield. Um, and then if you add in Donovan Peoples Jones, if he's able to come back and, the news that Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa's ankle didn't get any worse. Um, <laughs> that's a lot of positive news for a team that can use it. Now, 
is that enough? Who knows? I mean, the thing with Mayfield is its own, you know, animal at this point. And, you know, it's not Mayfield. It's entirely Kevin Stefanski, who has over and over and over with any number of opportunities to say, we're going to sit this kid down and play Case Keenum, who Case Keenum played with, with Stefanski as a quarterback's coach in Minnesota. That's when they went to the NFC Championship. It's not like he's unfamiliar and he's consistently saying that Baker Mayfield with three significant injuries gives them a better chance to win. Now we may, some, some may disagree with him. I, I honestly don't know at this point, given what I've, what I've seen with just the struggles that Mayfield has had uh, particularly on Sunday, but much more full throated, uh, Stefanski can be sort of in his support of Mayfield. And the other part with that is like, there are a number of guys right now who are battling through injuries, Jadevian Clowney, Malik McDowell, you know, JC Treader, Jarvis Landry, oh, the, the list goes on. And so Mayfield is one of those many guys. So, you know, that that's the other question with this is how healthy are any of these guys going to be able to get um, for this game in three weeks and you know what's sort of the upside for any of them in terms of their health and this is you know and this is also for pete for me pete kind of the thinking here you know and everybody oh you should be able to beat the detroit lions with case keenum okay what if you don't and then you say you want to know what for as banged up as baker is we know his right arm is better than case keenum's so we lose with case keenum and I know that I could have started Baker Mayfield and played Baker Mayfield. You lose with Baker Mayfield. You say, hey, I lost with my best guy. That, 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 there's no question that that plays into it. I mean, the thing is, like, and I even wrote like about this in, in talking about how Case Keenum may be their best path forward in this game, if only because maybe, and this is the, the, the unknown, I, I – I I, I I acknowledge, does Baker Mayfield get noticeably healthier, at least in his legs, in three weeks? Like, and and that's the unknown. But even as I say that, like, I, I, I'm saying every time I, I say Case Keenum, I'm basically chalking it up to a loss. He's just, uh, I, I know everybody wants him to make him do a service of course serviceable quarterback because he did okay against a really beat up bad Broncos team. Uh, but, and and maybe he would surprise and do better against the Ravens, especially if, if, if the Browns decide early that they're not going to rep Mayfield uh, and let Keenum get more of the reps. Cause he generally doesn't get any because he doesn't need to uh, at least from a mental standpoint, maybe that would yield a better product, but I have zero confidence with case Keenum in in any of these games now now having to I, I do think they would have been able to beat the lions but i but the 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 risk there obviously is if you did lose the lions with case keenum the immediate criticism is how could you take the lions for granted and not have your starting quarterback out there if he was able to go like in in some ways there are there, there's a little bit of a no win situation there but at the same time like there came a point where it became pretty clear of what Mayfield could and could not do. He's going to give everything he can. That's just 
the way he's wired, he will, you know, he'll go out there in a wheelchair if he has to. But uh, it, it wasn't there against Detroit. And, and you know, I, I, I do think the weather made an impact, but I don't know that how, how much dramatic, how dramatically it will improve in six days to get to the Ravens. Also, though, they also brought back, you know, something we hadn't seen in a couple of weeks, you know, with trying to roll out. And, you know, who's to say, you know, that didn't have some toll on it. Um, and there was the one, and you saw Baker. I mean, he, he was giving it all he had. Um, but, I mean, it looked like his footwork. Maybe it was a little different because, you know, you're always going to try to run a little bit different on a wet, soggy field as opposed to a dry one. But you brought back some of the rollbacks. So who doesn't know if that, you know, had, you know, the heel flare up, you know, the, the, you know, the knee maybe starting to tighten up a little bit. All certainly possibilities. Pete, Rich Eisen. Um, I don't know if Rich Eisen or Rich Eisen's people are listening, but we've been trying to talk about this for probably about a month now. Um, and Rich Eisen obviously took it to his show. Look, I get it. If you're frustrated, I get it. I, I mean, you know, but I'm more of the realization of this is what it is. And, you know, am I okay with it? Sure. Would I rather have, you know, a better option than Case Keenum? Again, even getting a better option than Case Keenum and feasibly constructing this roster to compete for 2022 the way you want it to, um, keeping in mind all the people who are basically looking in the Andrew Berry direction right now with their hands out as far as, hey, Dad, I've been doing my chores really well for a year now. I think I need a little bit more money than the two bits you give me per hour, yada, yada, yada. It's it, it, This is the situation most likely. And, you know, you know, Rich obviously spoke about, you know, the two popular names. I'm not going near the certain quarterback from the Houston Texans. And, you know, do you, or do you want to run it back all the way back? And, you know, is there a rookie that you think there's a comp, enough confidence level in to come in here? And now it's been different for all these younger quarterbacks to come in here because they've come in here and there was never an expectation. So the only thing was is to try to get the team to expectations. Baker Mayfield has done that. So now you're coming into this situation where a fan base says, well, getting this team to the playoffs isn't good enough. We want a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, the the only guy I can remember coming in with like where where you know it was supposed to 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 be way better was when the Browns signed Jeff Garcia and then Butch Davis asked him to play a completely different offense than he was comfortable running, and it was a disaster. Uh, but yeah, look, I don't see anything in this draft class I would take in the first round um I could see the Browns using maybe that extra fourth round pick to pick up a quarterback but I think more likely they'll just take a guy who's an undrafted free agent I think they like Nick Mullins I think Case Keenum will be gone next year and they'll roll end up rolling with Mayfield that doesn't mean they won't do their due diligence on every single option out there but you know I I don't see any feasible way you're going to get Russell Wilson Aaron Rodgers uh, and then why on earth would you trade for Matt Ryan who can't move? <laughs> um, and, and Matt Ryan's a, you know, a good quarterback. I just don't see the point. Um, so th- then you're talking about guys like people are trying to talk themselves into guys like Jimmy Garoppolo, who is not as good as Mayfield. I don't care what anyone wants to say. He's just not as good. And all the, all the people who complain that like they think, uh, Kevin Stefanski doesn't trust Mayfield despite clearly trusting Mayfield. Kyle Shanahan does not trust Jimmy Garoppolo. And we've seen that any number of times, including the the Monday night game 
uh, against the uh, the Rams, where like he basically wasn't allowed to throw in the second half. Um, you know, there were a couple of plays he made, but like ultimately, the, you're clearly hamstrung, and he's a guy who's literally missed a ton of games with significant injuries. So, uh, you know, I, I think you get into those guys, and you're basically talking about change for change's sake, as opposed to making a meaningful improvement. So that's why I ultimately think you're going to end up with Mayfield. And I don't think the Browns are holding anything against him for playing like this. I think they know exactly what the deal is. And if anything, they've probably gained more admiration for him just for what he's willing to do, particularly from Stefanski, who's the one who keeps putting him out there. But um, yeah, Rich, Rich Eisen has sort of taken up Baker Mayfield as like this, this pet cause of his that he just it, it's of kind of funny if you put Colin Coward on one side and you put Rich Eisen on the other like one's playing good parent the other's playing bad parent yeah so like and, and he's talking about it from the you know part of his perspective is he's talking about it from a, a being a Jets fan who would kill to have Baker Mayfield and I think there are a lot of teams that are in there. Like every week, I'll get this thing. There's like, there's only about three or four teams that would take Mayfield. There is one in the division who would kill for Mayfield right now. Uh, and then you have teams like the Jets and stuff who would absolutely kill for him because he's played really, really well when he's, uh, when he's not dealing with significant injuries. So, um, you know, as much as people want to be mad at him, and I think ultimately he probably would have been better off from a perception standpoint to just have gone down with the, the, the shoulder injury uh, and, and just called it a season at that point. Um, he's done everything he can for those, the, the guys he is, account, you know, as he pointed out yesterday in his, his uh, day late press conference um, that he's only accountable to the guys in the locker room and they, you know, to a man seem to be completely behind him. Um, so I don't get terribly worked up about, you know, where, where he is or how fans view him. They, they you know, in general, um, the mob that the fans can become are not too good in terms of their accuracy on, on who's the right call and who wasn't. They booed Joe, or I should say they weren't excited about Joe Thomas when he was picked, but they love Johnny Manziel. Like those are the type of differences we've seen. So, um, you know, I think the Browns are more, way more comfortable with Mayfield than, than some segments of fans are. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> just going along with it, and you heard J.C. Treader speak yesterday, um, and Baker Mayfield saw firsthand in 2018, J.C. Treader to the point where he could basically show up on Friday to do a walkthrough uh, for the entire second half of the season, and he's always been banged up his entire time here, and that's your center. You look at that, so what does Baker Mayfield say? Well, if I can get out here, that's good enough. Let's go. Um, and, you know, that's what you kind of look for in these types of situations. We're going to flip it up here. Is the defense ready for the Baltimore Ravens? We'll get to that here. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, locked on Browns. It's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means. Football and nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. Bet Online has you covered all holiday season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on. And it's not just football. Bet online has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, 
UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing action, uh, all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online. We are stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. It's Ravens week, Pete. We are halfway through. I think the first things first is, I mean, you know, for me, I kind of wonder exactly what the deal is with Lamar Jackson was, you know, good enough to practice on Thursday, was taken out of practice on Friday, didn't play on Sunday, illness. I don't know what in the world is going on with there. Um, but, you know, lupus? is it lupus? Is it season ending? It'd be nice if it was season ending. Um, but, you know, by hook or by crook, he will be out there, you know, Sunday night. And. This is going to be the test. Uh, you know, this Ravens offense is a little bit different in years past. It seems they finally found a wide receiver group that kind of works for what they think Lamar Jackson can do as a passer. Um, you know, I, I don't believe Devontae Freeman's going to scare the living daylights out of anybody. Latavius Murray is a good back. He's not a great back. But, you know, even still, for this to happen Sunday night, as much as the offense has got to take some strides here, the defense has got to continue you know, with this, and I believe it's four out of the five last games of get, holding their opponent uh, 16 points or less, this trend certainly needs to continue. Yeah, my complete guess is he's had pneumonia or something along those lines, but the, the Ravens are a challenge in assignment sound defense, which has been a bugaboo for the Browns in any number of weeks. Um they have to be able to man up the wide receivers uh, and keep everybody else sort of looking forward so that, if, uh, that so if, if Jackson presses the line of scrimmage, they can come up and sort of take away those gaps and they're not asking one guy to make the play because that's just not going to work. And certainly Jeremiah Wusu-Kormo can be really helpful in that, but in the same way, you're not asking him to play essentially one-on-one with Lamar Jackson. It's just a really bad idea. So there, this is, you know, I think the Browns have the personnel to do this because, you know, and I don't know what we're getting out of Jadavian Clowney. I think he's really been struggling with his health, but if you look at the teams where the Ravens have struggled, the Browns are exactly this, you know, exactly what they need to be, which is having miles Garrett and, uh, Jadevian Clowney essentially being able to get up the field, you know, take away the perimeter, forcing things up inside and being able to essentially win with numbers. Now the defensive tackles have played really poorly as of late and the linebackers are getting sort of overwhelmed, which is not good. But even so, if you can sort of funnel, you can create that bottleneck for Lamar Jackson, it really limits what he's able to do. And that's where you've seen him have have trouble. The Cincinnati Bengals did a really, really good job with this, with Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard and those guys, because they're big and they have uh, they have the ability to take away the edges. The Browns have guys who are way better at it, so they have more ability to potentially do that, and then hopefully they can get better tackling. Like, I'd be curious. I'll be curious to see if they continue to explore Ronnie Harrison and sort of this linebacker role because he was actually good at it. And if that's a better plan of attack than some of the other options they have. Um, So that's where I'm kind of curious because like everybody tells you like 
we, we get to this and like they they make this argument. Well, no one's figured out Lamar Jackson. Everybody knows what it takes to do it. You just have to have the talent to do it in corners and the ability to uh, to actually do the job and, and play assignments on football. If the Browns do what the Dolphins did, which is kind of interesting given their personnel and they blitz DBs quite a bit, that could be interesting with guys like Grant Delpit and some of these other guys. Troy Hill, if he's back, I don't know where that's going. Um, but somebody in that sort of same role would be sort of like that, where if they can sort of, again, if their man coverage holds up and they've got the ability to have free players, then they can potentially try to create instant uh, pressure and force Lamar Jackson to immediately make a move with his legs, which allows the defense to sort of bottle him up. Uh, you know, last year in that game, which was that shootout, there were a number of plays where the Browns did a really good job. Unfortunately, there were a number of plays where they couldn't. And, you know, the result was Lamar Jackson looked like Superman and not only as a runner, but as a passer. And that's obviously the Browns have tried to make uh, investments to help avoid that. JOK is part of that, but that's the challenge for them. And they've gotten faster. Get, can Tack McKinley play this week? Did they hold him out last week? for this week because he's a guy who's really well suited to try to help mm -hmm. defend against Lamar Jackson because he can actually run him down. And of course, you know, assistance setting the edge, you know, some of the more do dominant performances defensively against Lamar Jackson over the years, you know, the chargers, his rookie year, they basically took their linebackers off of the field, played time the entire time, played linebackers. I mean, sorry, played safeties as, uh, you know, as backers, um, the Tennessee Titans a couple of years ago where they had a big victory against them, same type of thing you know, spread it out, make sure that he was never getting outside. He was cutting up to where it was going to be pursuit. You look at what the Dolphins did this year. You know, do you bring an MJ Stewart on the on the field like you mentioned? Use Ronnie Harrison as a linebacker. You know, MJ Stewart, there were times where, hey, we're not sure what exactly we can do with him. You know what? Blitz him every single time he's on the field. You know, that type of thing. You think you have the confidence level that you should have with Greg Newsom, with Greedy Williams, with Denzel Ward, all look healthy, all should be fine, ready to roll, you know, Sunday to, you know, deal with the Ravens wide receivers, you know, Brashad Bateman, obviously the first time seeing him. I know a lot of Browns fans were enamored with him as we, you know, as we were uh, for the prospect that he is. Um, so we'll see how that works out. You know, Mark Andrews has been a thorn in this team's side, you know, side since the time day he stepped into the league. How exactly do you defense him? Do you put John Johnson the third on him? A player you probably don't have a ton of confidence in right now, um, but a player who's shown, you know, look, I mean, he's not shown it here much. That's for sure, guys. There's no way around it. But he's certainly shown it, you know, in the past, you know, as, you know, a top, you know, level safety who's, you know, had been able to, you know, take care of tight ends at times. These are some things you got to work out. And, you know, look, for as much as the pass rush couldn't get home last week, you know, and that's a lot of that was on the Lions and due to the amount of time that, you know, they were stressing to young Tim Boyle to get the ball the hell out of your hands. You think maybe you do have an opportunity here to get home a little bit this week. And maybe if you can get attack on the field, because, you know, Jadavian, and this is always just going to be a thing, the way his physique is, the way he's built, he's, you know, prone to bumps and bruises. Obviously, he's had a serious injuries, but, you know, he has injuries that he can play through, but it certainly leaves him, you know, less than effective. But getting home, getting after it, and then the other thing is going to be, you know, containment. Once Lamar breaks the pocket, and maybe that's where you talk about playing Ronnie Harrison's more. You talk about maybe playing MJ Stewart's more. You talk about having Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa on the field. Because if it's going to be Lamar against linebackers that run four sixes, it's not even a contest. 
Well, look, I mean, the, again, that comes down to the positioning, but, you know, and I don't know where, um, you know, JOK's ankle is. I don't know that we've really seen him <laughs> truly fly around like he, he did before the ankle injury, but, you know, nevertheless, he was in, he was in some good spots against the Lions uh, where, you know, that whole defense was super confident for the most part. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's a, obviously a major challenge and, and beyond the physical element of it, this is the stress element. You know, you can, it's difficult to obviously simulate Lamar Jackson's ability, but beyond that, you know, all the preparation in the world, when he, when you actually have to see it and try to deal with it, you can end up making bad you know, physical mistakes because you're, you're so worried about what he can do that you end up looking stupid. So it, it's definitely a challenge. And that's why it's all about numbers. You can't, you know, particularly with JOK, it's a really bad idea to ask a rookie who, you know, missed 10% of his tackles in college to, you know, try to save you from, you know, a guy who's to me, the most valuable player, whether or not he's the best you know, this is why this award is a really bad, you know, badly named award. If you're talking about who's the most valuable, it's not even close. Like they can't, um, they they just aren't the same team without him. Uh, so it, you just can't consistently try to ask guys to make one-on-one tackles. You have to swarm him. You have to uh, be able to have numbers to make yourself more confident. So you can make those aggressive tackles and actually, you know, wear him down physically. The, the worst thing in the world is you end up in these one-on-one situations and guys are just basically begging to get him down and they don't have much with him. And it's a lot of asking nicely to fall down type situations as opposed to delivering a blow. And, and those things don't help. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. And you've got a big, big test ahead of you. Um, defense has been you know, kind of consistent here lately. We'll see if they can keep it up Sunday against Lamar and company. Got some listener questions. We're going to jump into those here next. Locked on Browns, your Wednesday edition. Appreciate everybody for making us your first listen every day. If you haven't tried a Bill Bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down. A Bill Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you are eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you swear you're eating a candy bar. Built Bars are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. There are so many flavors, great flavors, in the Built Bar lineup, including coconut raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. This month, Built is coming out with new limited-time flavors every three to four days. So check their website often. You don't want to miss out. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Everybody knows the arguments Pete and I have had over the years on Thanksgiving meats. But Pete, the three best sides for a Thanksgiving Day plate. Um, mashed, you know, some form of potatoes, usually mashed potatoes is, is, is sort of the mainstay. I, I also like sweet potatoes. So, you know, some sort of starch, uh, is always good. 
I, I'm not a cranberry person. I'm, you know, I, I, there, there are, let's put it this way. If you're good at making stuffing, I enjoy stuffing. If you're not good at making stuffing, then I can sort of take a pass on stuffing. Um, so though, you know, I'm trying to think, is there really, you know, I'm not, I'm not really all that interested in any particular non root vegetable, uh, on my plate when it comes to Thanksgiving, I'm usually focused on, on, on the, uh, on the main event and then, uh, whatever starch I can get. Bread's good though. I like bread. Yeah. You gotta have a little something and, you know, usually like a biscuit or something. No, I mean, you know, just street bread. I mean, you know, you always have a loaf, loaf of rye bread around, but that's usually for, you know, leftover sandwiches the next day. Um, and the other thing is just filling up on bread. Um, cranberry sauce. The thing with cranberry sauce is it's like, it's like the 13th man. I mean, if cranberry sauce is in like a top three, four, five, I got to question your other sides. If you're, if you're beating people to get to the cranberry sauce, that tells me I probably don't want to touch the other side dishes. And that's a problem on Thanksgiving, folks. From Sean Barlow, is the offensive scheme currently a problem? Puts all emphasis on beating a stack box with a run or a tight end winning a one-on-one battle really removes wide receiver from the picture except on the odd shot play. But I think Pete, some of that is an indictment on the wide receiver position currently. Yeah. The offensive scheme doesn't dictate what the defense is going to do. Uh, the offensive scheme. I, I love what the Browns have as an offensive scheme. Um, they have an unorthodox approach relative to the NFL in terms of taking what the defense gives you and sort of that's literally their focus. They don't necessarily, uh, focus on trying to get player X, uh, you know, a certain number of targets, although, you know, they can do that. They can do that. Like I know a lot of people were sort of annoyed at the David Njoku slot reverse thing. I really like that because, you know, you don't have Anthony Schwartz out there. You, you know, maybe Dimitri felt would have been better with that, but he's like your best athlete that was on the, you know, on the outside there. Like, you, with with Donovan Peoples Jones out, with Schwartz out, with all these other guys out, like he's your best guy, and we're we're all complaining that he doesn't get the ball enough. Like I, I have no problem with them coming up with a way to get him the ball and seeing if it could work. It didn't go very far, but I, I have no problem with that. But in terms of the scheme, um, it, it it does a great job. the The issue is when it I should say when it works, it looks like you know it's it's sort of like a you know, like a piece of art type thing where everything just sort of naturally fits together and it looks great. Uh, but the problem is when the guy who's open and, and it, it, you know, taking advantage of what the defense gives you doesn't execute, then you end up in this situation where you're sitting there going, well, why didn't player X get this? This was the whole thing with Odell Beckham is, you know, like against the Pittsburgh Steelers, for example, you know, he only got the, I think one catch and then he had the one long target, but the reason people were so annoyed is largely because the guys who were getting the ball didn't execute. So that's sort of where that goes. But in terms of his, their philosophy of being able to make runs look like passes and passes look like runs as well as the way they can create advantages with formations and stuff. I really like what they do. They just need more talent with it. That's been the biggest change change. And, and the other part of that is that, you know, I think, Kevin Stefanski has sort of regressed to the mean in terms of he was so unbelievably good in a way that was unexpected and, you know, difficult to, 
to even appreciate uh, that now he's sort of human this year and teams are adjusting to him and he's trying to adjust to them and all these things on the fly and he's not perfect. So there's, you know, whether it's the rest of the season or this coming off season, you're going to have to see them sort of continue to to adjust and he's going to have to continue to evolve as a coach and learn from some of the things he's not done particularly well. And obviously it's not just him. They've got a whole team of people there, but that in terms of the offense, that's where, you know, they have room to grow. We, we have to sort of acknowledge that players can get better. So can coaches. And I think Kevin Stefanski's guy, particularly with how many, how young he is, who's a guy who's only going to get better and better and better. Um, for me, one thing I do have here is, you know, in times of last year, I mean, there was a lot of, wow, didn't see that coming, whether it was a certain play call or, you know, uh, you know, run into the right, run into the light, you know, fake the run to the right, you know, scream to somebody nobody was, you know, anticipating to the left. I, I think some of that is not, you know, maybe, and this is probably to maybe echo your point of, you know, you know, was the pace and, you know, of him having everybody's number, was that sustainable? We'll see. Hopefully it does go back to being that way because I do believe some of the element of surprise or that you are not ready for this and we are so going to hit you with this. Um, I think some of that is missing. I mean, you know, he did run the, you know, Njoku reverse on Sunday, which I mean, look, it's not a terrible call, but you know, not necessarily David Njoku strength. Certainly. Um, Jamarcus Bradley, couple of nice reps last week, couple of nice receptions. Look, Pete, I don't think there's really, any reason to not give him an opportunity or two this week. It's not like, you know, anybody else on this team is killing it at the wide receiver position. There probably isn't a reason to say, Hey, look, you have a good shot as anybody else to make a play. So Jamarcus Bradley is sort of the representation of everything that is wrong about wide receiver this year. Jamarcus Bradley is not a bad player. But he's not the solution. And the fact that he's able to come in and play better than, you know, some of the guys that the, the Browns are counting on is is sort of the canary in the coal mine type situation. Like the, the, the fact that you could potentially have somebody else inactive and put Jamarcus Bradley in there because he's quote unquote a spark as a guy who's, you know, six foot runs a four, six, like he's basically exactly what the Browns have in a number of spot, you know, a number of those guys, he's, you know, he's basically a clone of those guys. It's not praise that he can come in there and be arguably your best receiver in any game this season. That's an indictment of what's happening at that position. That that's, that is telling you how much the Browns are going to have to change and invest in talent to rebuild that room around guys like Donovan Peoples Jones and hopefully Anthony Schwartz. Uh, that's damning if anything, but you know, on the other hand, good for Jamarcus Bradley. He made, you know, made the most of some opportunities. He was able to get open. He got caught more passes than I thought he would. And, you know, he had some more opportunities to make plays. So, you know, I don't, think of terms in a wake-up call or anything like that. I think we're well past that. But if he's going to give you a better opportunity to go out there and make plays and some of these other guys, then you sort of have to explore that. And then final one. Obviously, when we're recording this, it is early Tuesday morning, so they haven't even taken the practice field yet. Um, 
you know, is do you think Pete, you know, uh, uh, Kareem Hunt, this is five weeks now removed, Jack Conklin, I guess, three weeks removed. We think it's feasible that one, two, both, none of these guys are possibly ready to contribute Sunday night. Well, the Browns seem to think so. Um, I, Kareem Hunt's the one I think is back. Like, I think they legitimately said to themselves, between the weather and the fact that it's the Lions, let's give him another week because this is a really big game and he's been really good for us. In and the we past can trust the Ernest for five, six totes of the rock. And and they could. I mean, he they did fine. Um, I have more concern with Jack Conklin not necessarily that he won't play, although that's certainly in 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 the field of possibility. It's more along the lines of how much of this is we just cannot go out there with Blake Hans again, and we've got to get him <laughs> up and running, even if that's not you know if, even if he's not where he needs to be. I don't know the answer to that. Like, obviously, it's a dislocated elbow. There's any number of you know, there's, there's different severities to how dislocations can go. Obviously it doesn't sound like he did anything that would um, ha- have done damage. I, I, it's not an unreasonable amount of time to come back from that injury. If all you did was dislocate it and you're popping it back in, it just, you know, hurts Getting over this quite a bit yeah. for a while and, and you need to get that strength back. It's not impossible. So it's not as if I, I I'm, I'm, I, I'm saying you should like, fire off a, a loud siren to, to warn you that this is a bad idea. Um, it's just, that's sort of the question is motivation with this. He may be perfectly ready to come back and, and, and that, that would be great, but you can't at least ignore the possibility that, that Blake Hans's performance is, is sort of moving this along. Um, and just one thing, uh, you know, Pete and I have a buddy, big Tennessee Titans guy, Steve Morton, and he's always kind of been in my ear that Jack Conklin, when Jack Conklin is 100% healthy, is one of the best offensive tackles in the NFL. But Jack Conklin has a body where he's built more like an athlete than the traditional offensive tackle. So when he's dinged, his play seriously, seriously drops. Um, but again, um, you know, as far as, you know, pass protection, um, you, you can't do much worse than Blake Hans, who it was interesting enough because Blake Hans actually did a really good job at left tackle, but his three stars at right tackle have not gone well at all in any way whatsoever he is pete smith browns digest sports illustrated.com pete and the team pumping out the content day in day out um the podcast with nicole uh for pete's sake fantastic weekly podcast from pete and nicole they do a fantastic job with it uh nicole is spicy feisty and just fun make sure if you're not checking that out make sure you are make sure you're following at underscore pete smith underscore uh me personally at jeff underscore lj underscore lloyd show itself at lockdown browns Follow back account. DMs are open. Uh, we appreciate everybody who makes Lockdown Browns their first listen every day, uh, whatever podcast platform. Again, you use. Make sure you subscribe to following the show. Five star ratings, written reviews, available daily and always available free uh, for all you listeners. And uh, really, really starting to look forward to this. And look, this was always going to be what the 2021 season was about. It was going to be about this two game, three week stretch with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, it's not gone so well yet, obviously, for the Browns at six and five, uh, but a chance to redeem and right a lot of the wrongs of the 2021 season here in the next three weeks. With that, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.